Mostly sunny and 27 degrees in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's 9.01. I'm Courtney Davidson. Crews battling wildfires in the province have a new threat to deal with, thunderstorms. The storms bring the promise of rain, but they also produce lightning that can start new fires. A provincial wildfire information officer says one lightning strike yesterday afternoon hit a tree not far from Swan Hills in the Slave Lake Forest area, causing a small fire. The province announced late last night 12,000 residents in Mackenzie County have been put on evacuation alert. More news in a moment, but first, 770 CHQR helicopter traffic. Well, I am over Run Ness having a peek at all the road closures and runners that are impacting traffic. Roads to avoid our 79th Street, 48th Avenue, and 85th Street. Police presence is heavy, and in the downtown core, we also have Lilac Festival that has 4th Street closed down between 13th Ave and 26th Ave. Don't use 17th Ave as an alternate because it is closed there as well. So take 18th Avenue or Calgary Transit. Leon Storewide Super Sale is on this weekend. Stay big throughout the showroom, including recliners, tables, and so much more. On now, visit Leon.ca. From the 770 CHQ, our traffic helicopter, I'm Tia Yusin. A man shot in the leg early Saturday morning in downtown Calgary have police searching for at least one suspect. Before 2 a.m., officials responded to 5th Avenue and 8th Street Southwest for reports of a man shot outside a restaurant. He was taken to hospital in non-life-threatening condition. Police add that details are slim as the victim did not cooperate. Hundreds of Calgarians lined up with resumes in hand yesterday, hoping to be one of a thousand people hired by Cowboys for this summer stampede. The casino and dance hall runs one of the major music tents set up just outside the stampede grounds. Alina Fraley says students studying away from Calgary who come back home can have a tough time finding work. I can't find a temporary job because no one wants someone that's going to work for three months and then go away again. But Stampede's just the perfect position for that. Now that construction has started on the BMO Centre expansion at Stampede Park, the proposed new location for the tent is just north of the Stampede grounds at the old Enoch House site. More information is expected to come out today about the massacre at a Virginia Beach City office where 12 people were killed on Friday. City officials identified the shooter as 40-year-old Dwayne Craddock, an engineer with the city's utilities department. Another media briefing is scheduled for today. Virginia Beach officials have been focusing more on the 12 victims than on the shooter who was killed by police in hopes that less exposure will help prevent copycat shootings. Top Italian officials have called for cruise ships to be banned from using the Giudecca Canal in Venice after an out-of-control cruise ship rammed both a dock and a river tourist boat in the Italian city. The MSC Opera cruise ship, apparently unable to halt, blared its horn as it plowed into the boat and dock today, sending people on the dock running away in panic. Italy's transport minister says the accident proves that cruise ships should not be allowed to pass down the Judeca anymore. Taking a look at sports, Game 2 of the NBA Finals goes tonight with the Toronto Raptors hosting the Golden State Warriors. The Raptors won the first game of the series despite the star Kawhi Leonard not having a big game. 
Toronto coach Nick Nurse said yesterday he expects Leonard to play better tonight. The Boston Bruins have the upper hand in the Stanley Cup final. Tory Krug had a goal and three assists all on the power play as the Bruins thumped the Blues 7-2 in St. Louis last night to take a 2-1 lead in the best-of-seven series. St. Louis hosts Game 4 tomorrow. And the Toronto Blue Jays are hoping to halt a five-game slide and avoid a second straight sweep when they close out an interleague series in Colorado this afternoon. Aaron Sanchez is scheduled to start despite leaving his last outing in the third inning with a right middle finger nail issue. Toronto has lost 9 of 10. 770 CHQR, Calgary weather, chance of a thunderstorm today, but we climb to a high of 27, decreasing overnight to a low of 15, and Monday, mainly sunny with a high of 26. It's 27, it's 19 degrees at 9.06, breaking news when it happens. Our next scheduled update is at 9.30. I'm Courtney Davidson. Listen to what the flower people say. Good morning and welcome to Let's Talk Gardening. And let's see what the flowers have to say today on this beautiful sunny day. It's a great day for gardening in Calgary. And today I have Cass Smythe has joined me. Good morning, Kath. Good morning. And uh, so we can answer all your questions today. We had a few up and early out of the gate, a couple of texts earlier. We got a, a picture of a, of a tomato plant and it says, help. What's happening with our tomato plants? Heirloom, sweet, orange, new growth seems okay, but lots of yellowing on uh, on the older leaves. So um, I, I would think it's nutritional, but Kath, what, what's your thoughts on those tomatoes there? Well, I think that that's nutritional. I'm also looking at a fact that it's sitting on a bed of gravel and wondering. Yeah, they need to get transplanted. They needed transplanting. The pot is too small. It needs a bigger pot. Tomatoes like to run deep and long. Yep. So it's just doing that. And the fact that the leaves are cupping means that it's nutritional, plus that yellowing in the veins, you know. Yep. It's- so it's quite an easy fix with a tomato. Yes. So what you're going to do is pull all those bottom leaves off, leave about two or three inches on the top, get a nice big pot and bury them right up to the bottom of those third, just bury almost two thirds of that plant. And uh, and you'll see those things take off like crazy. Get some nice good potting soil and uh, you'll be set. Then after that, and I think those are cherry tomatoes, so you don't have to worry about the calcium so much. But a good fertilizer, like a 15, 30, 15 yes. is great for those, and you'll be good to go. And uh, good luck on that one. <laughs> and we got one more text here. We'll do a couple texts first. Hello, Jamie here. Look forward to listening every week. I have a question about keeping cats out of my yard. You can borrow cast dog. I live in Okotoks, and there are no bylaws on keeping cats indoors or contained. There are four or so neighbors keep coming in my yard, destroying my plants, defecating on my lawn, and any other unharmful, non-harmful solutions to keep them away. Kath, any suggestions? Cayenne pepper. <laughs> yeah. We have a product called Bob That's X as exactly. well. Yeah. Um, that works really good. Um, what was the name of the spray that contains the cayenne pepper and contains hot pepper? I'm pretty sure it's Bob X because it's yeah. all a herb based and yes. it tastes really bad. So yeah. if they're in there doing it, I think that'll definitely, definitely help out. There is a, uh, like a netting. I seen a really thing where a neat thing where a guy used a hula hoop 
and he kind of cut the bottom quarter off it, and then he stuck them in the ground, and he put netting over top of his garden, oh. like bird netting and stuff. Yes. I thought that was yeah. a great way. Well, it's better than laying it on the ground, because the last thing you want is the cat stuck in yeah. the netting. So you can also but, buy yeah. that flexible conduit pipe, Yes. and or uh, and uh, where it's thick enough where it holds itself together, and you can... Uh, put some netting over top but i think try the bob x or something like that first and uh and see but the only thing is if it's a veggie garden you can't spray it on the stuff you're going to eat like you can spray it on the leaves but not on the fruit like on a tomato or things like that yeah so and the only way to get them to quit digging is to spray with something that's got a hot pepper in it or just go buy some cayenne pepper flakes it gets it in your and they get gets it, in their eyes and well it gets in their feet <laughs> they love licking themselves. Yeah, they? and it, and it sounds awful, but they won't come back. Yeah, and it doesn't really hurt them. Oh, it I, burns I, them. Yeah. They're going for hot wings on those. I'm dumb enough to try suicide. Why not? Yeah, why not? Yep. All right, let's go. Jared was up early phoning, so we're going to go to him right away. Good morning, Jared. Good morning. How are you? Good. Good. How can we help you? Uh, so I have a northern red oak tree. Okay. Um, I planted it about five years ago. Um, so it's not very big, but, um, on the bottom of the, like we're right at the ground where the trunk is, mm-hmm. uh, there's like a, a pretty big sucker coming out of it. How did you start this one? Uh, well, I bought it at, um, a garden center and okay. then I planted it, it was in-, in a 10 gallon. Okay. Yeah. I'm Wait. impressed that you have a, a, a red, red oak, oak growing yeah. <laughs> and do you leave it out in the winter or Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah. awesome. No, because red oaks typically aren't the hardiest one for, for our climate, so I'm impressed that you got it going. Good job. Yes, it's like it's been growing, but um, so now I have this second, like it, it's, I thought it was a second, uh, like kind of like a second leader. Yep. But I think it's just a sucker, and I don't know. Is, are the if, leaves different than the original? No, it looks the same. Okay, it could be just sending up a second one. Um, one thing you might want to do is um, just make sure you're feeding it with good root fertilizer as well, like a 15-30-15, just to help get the roots more. Sometimes when they start suckering, they're suffering a bit. And good right. consistent watering, like slow, deep watering, get the water down nice and deep. And you okay. didn't and you didn't bury it any deeper than it was in the pot. No, no. And, it, like, it's been five years, so it's, it's yeah. been growing good. But, um, like, that one sucker has grown about two feet this year, I'd say. And that that's amazing for no can you text me a picture of this to the same number? Uh yeah. I just love to see it. Um so if you can send me that but you can cut that off too if it's kind of looks real can wonky. I, that's another question. Yeah. Can I cut it off now or Absolutely. should I have to wait right now. till Yeah, right now. Okay. Yeah. Yep. But take me the picture thinking, first. Okay, okay. <laughs> I actually have a picture. I took a picture because I wanted to, I was like, well, maybe I can send them a picture so they Yep, same phone number. Yeah, it definitely helps us if you can do that as well. And that's for anybody else listening as well. Um, you can send text to the 974-8255 number. And uh, definitely okay. pictures definitely help. So. I'm startled it grows here because it's yeah. the provincial tree of New Brunswick or Nova Scotia. <laughs> nope. So good job, Jared. Yeah. I well think done. they're beautiful, yeah. Absolutely. Okay. No, we yeah. have some great oaks, but ones that aren't quite like that. So that's awesome. So I look forward to seeing it. Okay, thank you. Thanks, Jared. Take care, bud. Okay, bye. Bye Bye-bye. And I just want to mention, uh, we got a couple guests coming in today. We have have Diane, and and she's from the Reader Rock Garden. She's going to come and tell us all about the big news that they they achieved over the last uh, week or so. Historic designation. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then we have... 
Um, Kane Chow and Marika Steibe from, and they've got a Chrome public art exhibit at South Center Mall, and they've used plants in their exhibit. So I thought that would be kind of neat to uh, chat uh, chat with those two young ladies, the artist, and uh, see what they got going there. But right now, we got lots of calls on the line. Let's go. It's that time of year, the oh, dreaded the aphids. Good morning, Darlene. Oh, good morning, Merle. How can we help you? Well, I have the aphids on my delphinium. The leaves are all curled, and I have <sighs> earth gray spray green. Yep. Uh, the solution needs to touch the aphids, right? It, it definitely helps, yeah. So you just like put it into a spray bottle, like a like a, like one of those pump sprayer, and then just this sort of soak the buds like that, and you'll be good. Well, that's my other question because I want to dilute. I just have the um, concentrate, yep, and I want to dilute it. So, what? How much of the pure spray would I use, say, in an ice cream pail? Um, it depends how big the pail is. I think like if a you pull, okay, if you pull back the label, it should tell you the directions. I don't, sorry, and I don't have it in my head right now. Okay. Um, yeah. If you can just, it's so many milliliters per liter. So, okay. Yeah. So if you just pull that out, I think it's 15 mils per liter, but I'm not 100% sure. Okay. So just, um, just the label just peels back and then the directions right. are on yeah, there. Yeah, it's kind of stuck. But, but anyway, I'll, and you, I'll you need to that. do it every five days as well. Because they they're born pregnant, so you have to break right. the cycle. So you have to do it for three weeks in a row. Right. And but the really good thing about the pure spray green as well on the alfiniums and roses and things like that. In the states, it's registered as a fungicide, and it still has the same properties here. They just haven't registered as that. So right. it really helps with powdery mildew. Right. And things like that that delphiniums get horrendously sometimes, and uh, roses will get as well. Yes. Can so. I use this on my persithia tree as well? Absolutely. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's a pharmaceutical grade mineral oil, so it's great. I love it. So one quick comment about the median trees: the reason ours were not watered when they were new is because the city had thought it was all cement. So, <laughs> so why so would they, they plant, plant the trees? Well, I'm not sure, but anyway, <laughs> I watered them until the uh, city water truck came by and noticed what I was doing. Yeah, and then he took over for me. So. They're yeah. great. Now, if we could just handle the dandelions now, it would be perfect. You know, and, and that's very good. And I think a lot of people, if we can take that initiative and try and help our trees out. But it's just, we. I, I hope the city really takes a good, hard look at what they are doing. Like they're just planting way too many trees in places where we don't necessarily need trees. But if they can get them growing, absolutely, they're they're gorgeous. Like I was down Memorial Drive, and they have elm trees every ten feet. Like elm trees have a spread of twenty to thirty feet. They don't need to be planted every ten feet in a meridian. Like there's not enough for them to survive with one tree. Never mind three in the space where one should be. Right. So that's just the problem I see. It's just really important improper planting and planting just for the sake of planting. And it's. Well. They need your advice, Merle. I'd love, and I'll do it for free. I've offered, and and uh, I'd love if anybody knows anybody in there. I'd I'd definitely sit on a board or whatever, help out because it, it makes a difference. Like when I travel, you see some cities, and it's just gorgeous. Like when they're looked after and done properly. That's all. So yeah. Well, have a good day. Thank you very much. Thanks, Darlene. Bye bye. Bye. All right. Let's go to Wendy. Good morning, Wendy. Hi. How are you? Good. How are you doing? Good, thanks. Um, my problem is killing weeds, dandelions, thistles, quackgrass yep. from a lawn that's kind of crept into what used to be a garden area, and now we would like to grow vegetables again. So I'm just wondering how to get rid of the vegetables. So you want to you want to get rid of the grass altogether, 
And um, no, the gra- we're going to leave the grass by the house, but there's part of it that's grown into where the vegetables okay. are going to be, so we just want to kill it with something that's not going to poison the veggies. Yeah, so what you can do, and not just in the lawn part of the garden, you can use a product called thistle, clover, and chickweed killer, and you okay. mix it with water and you spray it over all your broadleaf weeds, and it won't kill the grass. Okay. So you can use that to get rid of all your dandelions and things like that and thistle and clover. Sounds like you got uh, all of them, so you're lucky. Well, lucky me, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I wish I was that lucky with the lotto. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> but And then also I'd recommend using our Green It Up fertilizer because what it does, it's the only fertilizer that has the higher middle number. So when you pick up a, something from the box store or whatever, it's usually okay. 3204. And there's nothing for the roots. So in Calgary, we have the heavy clay soil. Mm-hmm. And so the fertilizer, like our green up fertilizer, 16326. So it builds the roots up nice and deep. And it chokes out like Kentucky bluegrass is actually quite an invasive grass. And right. it'll choke out a lot of the other weeds because it, it, it lo- it's an aggressive grower when it's right. fed properly and growing nice and thick. So that's how I would deal with that. Well, we bought it already. It's great. Awesome. My husband put it on, on our front. This is up at my mom's house. We okay. put it on the, our front and backyard. We love it. Yeah. So, but yeah, I'm just wondering what you know what would kill that. That will kill that. And then in the garden, yeah, um, put on there. Like the quack grass is a hard one. But Kath, what do you? Sometimes it's elbow grease. I think it's just digging. Uh, you don't want to put a chemical in there if you're going to grow vegetables, particularly no, root exactly vegetables. What we were thinking. And, and some it, of the Monsanto stuff. It says it goes inert when it hits the dirt. But and that's what they say. But in the <laughs> The guy who invented it drinks it, but but who knows? The guy's not sane, but who knows? Like, I'm not going to drink Merle. Roundup. No, but I'm not going to drink Roundup. No, I'm not either. But what I was going to comment is that do some digging and then get some good new fresh compost and top it up. The stronger the soil, the better the vegetables and the less likely the weeds are. Weeds are opportunists. They go into bad soil. They're looking for that dry spot where they think, you know, they're going to get a bit of supplemental watering. So... Strong new compost, get some good soil in there, and just do some digging. That's the best bet. And that's what I say, too, absolutely. So, Kath, that's great advice because it is, it's a bit of elbow grease when, you, when you're dealing with veggies. And I agree, I don't like using the chemicals in the, in the veggie-type garden. It's just those three-prong hose are one of my favorite tools. Yeah. It looks like, uh, you know, when you arch your fingers. And, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got one. Yeah. Those, Good cultivator. Just, just, yeah, just yeah. get in there and cultivate yeah. and pull them up. And, the more you disturb them, the better they yeah. do. The I better rotatil- you- like rototill it first, maybe, and then go through. Yeah, you could definitely do that. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. Rototills, top dress with all the new uh, garden mix, loam, and then go from there. Okay, perfect. Thank you very much. All right. Love your show. Thank you. Love Thank doing you. it. Thank take you. Bye bye. All right. I need to take a break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by Spruce It Up Garden Center, Calgary's largest garden center with trees, shrubs, annuals, perennials of all sizes. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. We got you covered. Right now, we're going to go to one of our guests. So callers, please be patient. We will get to you. We got a couple guests today as well. Um, so I'm going to go to Diane, and she's from the Reader Rock Garden. And if you haven't been there, that is probably one of the top uh, five places I'd recommend to go and visit in Calgary because it's just uh, feels like you get taken away back into history, oh. but also it's just it's a great place. It just calms everything. So good morning, Diane. Good 
Good morning, Meryl. How are you? I'm great. Awesome. So you guys had some big news this uh, last couple of weeks? Yeah. On May 21st, actually, it was just, you know, a week or two ago, yep. we had uh, the National Historic Site plaque unveiling at our uh, garden. Awesome. And, uh, you know, that was really a very honorable time, and we were really excited and thrilled to have so many people present. Honestly, I mean, it was 99% perfect. Uh, the weather was the only thing that didn't cooperate, <laughs> yeah. which you can't control, right? No, nope, nope. um, So it was rainy and, and cold, but regardless, if you can believe it, 115 people showed up. That's beautiful. Yeah, and the highlight of it was is that uh, Mr. Reader's granddaughters were there, Betty Rose, Irene, and Elaine, and these are the ladies that are directly descendants to Mr. Reader. Uh, are they, they still in the Calgary area at all? No, or? no. unfortunately not. No. They came in from B.C., from Edmonton and Ontario. No oh, nice. Um, but regardless, they find this garden like very close to their heart. So whenever we have like big events like that, they will make the effort to come in, which is you know we're very honored with their presence. Absolutely, because it, it it has lent a a big part of Calgary's gardening scene. And uh, I wish Mr. Reader was around right now to. Uh, to uh, take his shovel and give those guys a good whack and uh, teach them a little bit more what they should be doing exactly. again. But he, uh, yeah, he's left a legacy there. That family has left a legacy for us all to enjoy. And and it and it's free, right? Like you can just go in and walk around. You, yeah. And when you're downtown, it's the best place to just keep walking up and into that hill, Diane. You I just, betcha. Because uh, it's just across the street from Earlton Stampede yes. Station. So, like, even if somebody on a lunch hour wanted to pop out, they just hop on the train and, and walk across the street, and you're right there. So it's, it's really close by, but it's one of these hidden gems. A lot of people um, aren't certain that, you know, what's behind those big trees? And it's three acres of gorgeous garden. Oh, and it is. It's like an enchanted forest. It like you, you get in there and you just keep walking. Like you can spend hours in there. And oh, sure. I even took my uh, took our teenage kids, uh, my wife and our kids. We took them there two years ago, um, and we walked around. And it was just um, even they loved it. Like you know, like the kids. It was just it was fun. It was just everyone enjoyed it, and it's just great to see all the different plants. And and it's nice to have them all, a lot of them labeled, or a lot most of them are labeled. Well, well we try to, but yeah, you know, with, with the garden being a public place, sometimes the labels go missing, or they um, they wander off by themselves somehow, or <laughs> you know that type of thing. So um, it is a challenge to have everything labeled. But one of the things our group does is that we do provide uh, tours, and we do um, sometimes there's public tours. There'll, there'll be one happening on June 22nd, but we also do private tours for groups. Uh, you know, that request it. So we, we try to let people know from an educational point of view what's available. Can you, can you book a little events in there? Because I know you have that great courtyard garden up top and yeah, stuff like that. Totally. Um, pretty much every part of the garden is available for booking, as well as the house, which is a restaurant. It's a cafe. They're all available for booking through the city of Calgary 311. So that can be done. And it's one of the, you know, major destinations for uh, bridal things happening, family uh, reunions, uh, you name it. I mean, there's been lots of interesting things. Uh, I've already given two private tours there already this season. We have another one coming up this week. And they're from, you know, different various groups, all different types of interests. So 
you know, it uh, it can appeal to many, many people. And as you were saying, children, children just think it's like, you know, that secret garden. It's just so magical. So um, it appeals to many people. Yeah, great pathways and everything. So um, we're just getting cut off on time here, but Diane, so thank you so much. And to anybody in Calgary, please go check out the Rita Rock Garden and uh, it'll make you a lover of the gardens and the great history <laughs> and plaques right and all it's kinds gorgeous. of great stuff. So thank and, you, thank and, you, and congratulations. Thank you. And the just before I leave, I want to say June 22nd, between 10 and 1, we hope we'll see the public there for our event. Thanks awesome. so much, Meryl. Thanks, Diane. Okay. Bye-bye. 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 And I need to take a break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Jumping to 23 degrees in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's 930. I'm Courtney Davidson. The wildfires in northern Alberta could force even more evacuations. The province has placed an additional 12,000 residents on evacuation alert, all of them located in Mackenzie County. BC's Wildfire Service says more than 130 personnel, including 116 firefighters, are being deployed to Alberta, where they will remain for up to 19 days. One man was taken to hospital in non-life-threatening condition after being shot in the leg early Saturday morning. Calgary police are searching for at least one suspect after a shooting in the downtown area of 5th Avenue and 8th Street Southwest. Officials have limited details as the victim did not cooperate. And five people are injured after a cruise ship slammed into a tourist riverboat and a dock on a busy canal in Venice, Italy. Videos of the crash show the cruise ship apparently unable to halt its momentum, blaring its horn as it plows into the riverboat and the dock as people run away in panic. In the forecast, mainly sunny today, but if you are headed to Lilac Festival, there is a chance of a thunderstorm, a high of 25. A few clouds tonight, decreasing to a low of 15, and mainly sunny for tomorrow and plus 26. It's 23 degrees, breaking news when it happens. Our next scheduled news is at 10. I'm Courtney Davidson. Good morning, Mary. We're rolling down the I'm rolling high river. Down because I'm rolling in frilly dilly dill <laughs> in my stupid potato patch. Oof. Dill and potatoes, that's a good mix, though. Well, I know, but you don't need more dill than potatoes. It's dill <laughs> it went to seed. Yeah, I know that stuff gets going on you. It's good. Well, in a way. <laughs> yeah, but I don't want it all in there. Can I kill some of it? The potatoes aren't. I'm going to pass this all to Kath. <laughs> Thanks. I know. I knew, I knew Kath of that. Because you told somebody last year, don't let your dill go to seed. Well, it'll well, be everywhere. <laughs> I thought I had it. But it didn't have it. It had me. Well, and you know, the problem with dill seed is that sometimes it'll survive and stay dormant for a couple of years and then just regrow. <laughs> So you probably moved soil around, Mary, and yeah, that just well, brought it up. Yeah, well, you know, up. I get it rotated for my one-pot potatoes. And, yes. And uh, 
the red potatoes. And yeah. They're not quite poking through yet. Hey, so hey, I hey, need to kill some. Hey, Mary, i got to interrupt you one second. Well, I, had what, a, I, I had another one of our listeners. He brought me in this poster. He grows, our potatoes grow huge, and it, it's a it's a horse with a hull on a trailer behind it. It has this huge potato in it. It was just, oh, it's yeah. a Photoshop photo. It's just, <laughs> our potatoes grow huge. And I, I told them the story about your one pot potatoes. Like, your, their potatoes honestly fill a pot. Like, they're like a, like yeah, a boulder. Yeah, well, I grow those good, I, I grow those russets. Yeah. I love russets. Yeah, but you and, must do something out like I don't know those ones. Well, I talk to them, I pray on them. Like honestly, I'm so you pray, pray on them. Like they're the size of a football. Like honestly, like well, honestly. Well, and, and you know, my Irish late Irish husband would have just absolutely gone crazy with that. You know? Did you spread his ashes in the garden or what? He'd eaten two of them. <laughs> Holy. Oh my God! You could fill a pot full of potatoes. He even put mat- he even put whipped cream on them sometimes. Oh my God! And truly an Irishman. Homemade uh, a rhubarb and onion relish hmm. <laughs> on toast. That's, that's homemade toast. Huh, that's God, a different. He was crazy. Huh. <laughs> Good guy. Awesome. <laughs> now I got the control of the of the remote. I don't have to watch Edmonton football. Nice, nice. Anyway, what am I going to do with this deal? Don't let it go to seed. Got to get in there and have it pulled out. Okay, so I'll just get in there and just keep digging her out. Just keep pulling it out and digging. Yeah, because I don't want to put any poison. No, you don't. And don't let them go to seed and you won't get it back. Huh? You want, if you don't let them get back to flowering and to seed, you should be able to yeah, eliminate. Yeah, but I need to make dill pickles. Well, you need the seed, yeah. Then you uh, got to make the choice. <laughs> <laughs> well, I thought I had it contained, but obviously yeah. it's a, no. Mary needs it all over potato patch. That'll make it. <laughs> Maybe look it'll, it'll add the dill flavor right into potatoes. <laughs> well, they say you use can use dill with carrots. I don't know. Yeah, I actually, like, that's good. Yeah, it's all right, but. I like dill pickles. I had dill. I had dill wings garlic. the other day at huh? a, at a at a place. I had uh, dill pickle wings, like chicken wings. Oh, oh, how were they? They're really good. Oh, they I had soak dill them in a brine of the chips. Yeah, yeah, They're those are good. good. Yep, but chicken wings are great. So. <laughs> there you go. I like honey dipped. There you go. Because I like honey. Oh. Nice. <laughs> Goodbye. All right, bye, bye Mary. Yeah, good luck. <laughs> bye, hey, What a beautiful day. Bye-bye. Pray for the guys in the fire. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah yep. sad. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Thank you, Mary. Yeah, bye. Bye-bye. Yeah, absolutely. Those uh, those boys up there uh, all dealing with that kind of stuff. It's... Uh, it's uh, we're very fortunate to have people that will take those jobs, eh, Kath? Like the, oh. those forest fighters and They're stuff like that. They're brave people. Absolutely, brave they people. they put themselves right out there. Like I, it's yeah. Back in the day, way back when I was at school, I worked for forestry department in the firefighter payroll. What a what a job! You know, and I was talking to a forest ranger up there, and I know a lot of people think it's climate change. And one of the forest guys up there in Jasper, he says one of the big reasons that we had the pine beetle and and the forest fires are so bad too is that we almost became too good at fighting forest fires and then the pine beetles were able to survive and then they've eaten a lot of the bug or a lot of the trees and they've created that fuel yeah created fuel all of these dead and dying trees are just the fuel for the fire and then when a spruce or a pine candles and gets up into the top yeah it's almost impossible to fight that 
Absolutely. And then the ground catches fire. So. Yeah. Let's do one quick call, and then we will uh, take a break, and then we're going to chat with Marika, and hopefully Kane can get through as well. So let's just go. I'm going to free up a line here and see if that helps. And where am I at? I'm going to go one, two, three, four, and we're going to go to Ingrid. Good morning, Ingrid. Hi, good morning, Meryl. How can uh, we, we help live you? On an, we live on an acreage just out of Olds yep. and have many trees, including some very old spruce trees, about 25, 30, 35 years old. And we've noticed this year especially, they started last year, yep. that on about five trees, the tips on all the branches are brown reddish-brown, mm-hmm. and it looks like they're dead. Yeah, a lot of it is it's winter desiccation and just okay. running really, really dry. And I know it's hard on acreages sometimes to get water out to some of those big trees, mm-hmm. especially mm-hmm. when you have a bunch together, and it almost becomes the survival of the fittest, so some start dying off. And what the tree right. does, its natural defense mechanism, it starts shutting down some of its foliage and things like that because it only oh. has so much to survive. Right. And But then when the moisture comes back, it'll send out a bunch of new shoots. So mm-hmm. the only thing I can recommend, if you can try, if you're able to get soaker hoses or some way to get okay. water out to them, okay. um, those soaker hoses are your best way to slow deep watering. That way you're not wasting any water and it gets down nice and deep into it. Okay. Okay. Um, well, we'll try that for sure. I was just wondering, could um, and, uh, we check for bugs and yeah, there's no can, bugs? In yeah, that. the only other thing is you can check under the needles under with a magnifying glass. And if you see dots underneath it, that could be needle cast, but we haven't seen a ton of needle cast here. Like it's been okay. mainly desiccation is what's been doing okay. our okay. our trees in. So I know okay. we had a couple people around Calgary sort of spreading the rumor that a lot of it was needle cast, but it's it's just our just the desiccation yeah. and uh, the dry winters. Right, right, right. Okay, well, thank you very much. Have thank, a great day. Thanks, Ingrid. Bye-bye. Okay, bye-bye. bye-bye. All right, I'm going to take a break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. I think the per- Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs, and I'm joined with Cass Smythe from the Cowrie Hort Society and amongst many other <laughs> venues where you can catch Kath around uh, Calgary talking gardening for sure. And right now we have uh, a couple guests that I'm looking forward to hearing about. They have done a, a great display at South Centre Mall. So welcome to Let's Talk Gardening, Marika and Kane. Good morning. Are Good you morning. Guys? Hey, how are Good you guys? Good. 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 Out. Yes. <laughs> um, so I just want to, uh, and and uh, I know you guys reached out, and, and I've seen pictures, and I've seen it on social media a lot, people sharing. I haven't uh, made it to South Centre. I've been stuck in my garden centre like crazy. Every every last second I get, I get I'm there right now. But... Uh, I've seen lots of pictures. What a, what an awesome um, project and a, and, a, and a public art exhibit. So maybe, Marike, you want to tell me about it or who, whichever one of you guys want to talk um, would be great. Oh, dear. Um, <laughs> Is this... I'm laughing because cause we're like, you know, the, the planty people. So um, uh, the, the gals from Park um, yeah. brought us all together, uh, this fantastic group of artists. Um, they uh, they brought me in uh, to, uh, early on in the consultation to see if we could get the bid, and their idea was to do something a little bit different than um, the other two um, bids that were, I think, a little bit more um, oriented towards 
uh, just just a display as opposed to doing something that was more art art artist based. Yeah. And uh, I remember when she texted me to say we got the bid, and I was like, oh dear. <laughs> 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 it, 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 it was a very ambitious project, and um, but it's very exciting. And I knew right from the very first meeting, I was sitting across from Kane, and I was like, this is a really excellent group of people. So I knew it was going to be good. Okay, and. Uh... So in your background, you're you're in the floral, you're in the plant industry. Uh, I wor- I worked my way through university as a florist. Yeah, I did because too. when you have a fine arts degree, you have to have a plan B. Yes, and <laughs> and uh, strangely, it sucks. So here I am, uh, almost twenty five years later, and uh, this has been kind of like my 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 passion. Isn't that great when you can do your passion and uh, and uh, and be able to fulfill and 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 make some money because <laughs> that's what we all do need a little bit of that and uh, but uh, it, it's great when you can do something with the passion and uh, and end up with a little bit of pay structure at the end of the day as well. So and Kane, welcome to Let's Start Gardening. Thank you. And uh, so from what I understand, you you do all kinds of uh, planting styles too, more in the Japanese style. That's right. The planting style that I work in is called kokedama. It's a Japanese planting style. And in Japanese, koke means moss and dama means a ball or an egg-like shape. So it's really a plant growing in a soil and moss ball. And those are the plants that we ha- um, that I have at um, Chroma. Awesome. Awesome. So uh, what, what kind of, uh, is there certain types of moss or, or certain type of plants that do much better in this type of style for people or... Um, I mean, there are many different plants that you can use, but uh, I mean, typically because it's a long-lived planting style, um, we I tend to use uh, lots of tropicals because in the winter, then we'll just we I mean we keep them inside, um, and the moss that I get is uh, through a wholesaler, but it's typically BC or Saskatchewan moss. Yep. Okay, yeah, no, I know those both of those suppliers very well. Mm-hmm. And I know, do you use a lot of the cocoa soil? Because I know bringing in some of the tropicals, actually, I'm, I got some pretty cool plants coming in in the next couple of weeks, and they can't bring in soil, so they use a lot of the, the cocoa moss. Uh, so you mean on the outside? Yeah, or even this to create the balls, like for their soil medium, they're using a, oh. yeah. So for what I do, uh, we need the soil to be quite sticky. Okay. And um, so I'm, I've tried a whole bunch of different types of soil. In Japan, they'll use a special bonsai clay that makes it more sticky, um, which is very difficult to get in Calgary and sort of really expensive to ship. Yeah. And um, I've just been, I've experimented over the years with lots of different uh, soils and, yeah. you know, a very plain uh Garden or potting soil with very little coarse material works very well. Awesome. I really wanted coconut choir soil to work, yeah. but it tends to make a really solid, hard ball when it yeah. when it dries. It reverts so, to the com to the yeah. coconut. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> so and so, what is the theme of the of this project? Like to either so one that, of you. The greatest project is named Chroma, and you know that refers to um, color or intensity of color. And if you and if you've seen the photos, you can see that the displays are very colorful. Absolutely. Um, you know, all the murals are very colorful, and um, 
yeah, we've tried to do that with plants as well. Awesome. Yeah, and lots of colors and paint and all that kind of thing. So, Marike, like, what what did you what did you bring to the project? Like, I know Kane has done the Kokodama ball, but what, what have you brought into into your part of the exhibit? So when they originally approached me, they had asked if um, we could do just a whole wall because that's very trendy to do the living wall. And of course, um, that's one thing to do it as a permanent installation because of the way things need to be hydrated. And then, of course, it's very dry in a mall environment. And so I was like, that's probably not going to happen. But um, we kind of looked at it and looked at it in terms of creating um, the the feeling of the plant wall, but also creating the graphicness that everybody else brought to the table. So we figured we could actually uh, micromanage our plant selection to be appropriate for the space, to bring the color in it that we wanted to have as our palette, and then the textures. And um, I think we managed to, to, to bring in a, a little bit of both. So I was very happy with our end result. And I think a lot of people have really um, responded to the the massing of plants. Yeah, and it looks like it's quite a large exhibit. So it's in the yeah. whole center concourse at South Center. Yes, where the where the Santa display would be. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> um, and so, how long is the display on for? Um, it's going to run to I believe June the fifteenth. There okay. was um, talk of extending it if it was really wildly successful. So we haven't heard on that yet. But it, at the very least, we've got um, I guess two more weekends past this one. Okay, and is it free for people to come see, or do you have to yeah, pay? Yeah, it's no, it's uh, completely come down, enjoy, and uh, look around. And are you and are you guys there as well, like speaking and talking as well? Or during the exhibit, or um, that's a good question. Kane <laughs> and I had talked about doing a pop up together with or a class. Yeah. So Kane, I'm planting that seed again. Um, <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> no pressure. Um, you know, it is interesting because um, myself, as a hardcore introvert, to be in the mall is actually a little bit daunting when there's that many people there, and um, I get to go at night and do all my watering, and it's actually quite blissful. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> so I can be both, in my garden by myself, yeah. but um, it, I, it, it would be a fun opportunity to talk to people because I did see one Instagram post where someone actually was like, oh, I'm here smelling all the plastic plants. And I was like, answered her back and I'm like, they're all real. Yeah, no, yeah, I think <laughs> that would be surprised. a great, it would be a great idea because actually Cass Smythe, who's with me, she was just talking about how many people love, they do a, a talk in the garden at the Cowrie oh, Horse yes. Society, and people love that. So I think if you guys were set up there, I think that would be a great idea for the That's maybe next idea. next two weekends or something after that. It just be it would be nice. And if you come visit us, Meryl, we'll do I'll, it for sure. Okay, <laughs> I'll come for sure. Let me know. Kane, what do you build your framework work out of for your cocodamas? So we have um, there's one wall that is. Uh, um, that I, I mean, I, my two walls is, are not just mine. Um, I partnered with uh, Ray Duncan, who is a fiber okay. artist. And yes. so one of the walls is macrame. Okay. And um, so it's macrame with platforms and the kokidama are sitting on there. And that wall is sort of inspired by the forest. Okay. <clears throat> and the opposite wall, um, Ray did a hook latch, which is sort of uh, a carpeting technique, but yes. it's very textural and it's um sort of this uh uh is inspired it, by coral 
And, okay. Um, so. And then we have Kokedama sort of uh, hanging and floating in the air, sort of. And that side is sort of represents the ocean. And so when you're standing in the middle, you have the ocean on one side and then uh, the forest on the other side. That's the part I like about the Kokodama is the textures of it. I think it's so interesting to yep. see them. So I, I'm going to have to now go over there, and I only live like <laughs> 10 blocks from there. So. <laughs> oh, that's great. Awesome. Well, I wanted to uh, thank you, you you guys for joining me. I totally appreciate your time. And uh, let me know when you're going to be there, and I'm going to come by and visit 100%. So uh, I'm going to hold you to that. So I hope <laughs> to see you guys invitation. there. <laughs> All thank right. you so much for having us. You know, and thank hopefully you. get lots of visitors. Hopefully a lot of our listeners take the time, um, maybe even to get out of the heat a little bit and go down mm-hmm. and uh, and see this gorgeous public art exhibit and lots of plants going on as well. So thank, thank you, you so, so much. much. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. And that's, uh, again, at South Center Mall to see the chroma, chroma display. And we got to take a break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770-CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Garden. We're going to go quickly to a quick caller. Good morning, Shirley. Hi, Shirley. Uh, hi, Shirley. Maybe. Oh. Hi, Shirley. <laughs> hi, hi, Merle. Hi, hi, sorry about the wait, but uh, how can we help you? Hi, Shirley. Hi, Shirley. No? Hello. Hello, Merle. Hi, sh- hi Shirley. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm no not worries. with all these buttons. <laughs> tomato, <laughs> uh, a tomato, a patio tomato. Yep. The leaves have got brown spot, and they when they get the brown spot, they kind of dry up. What can I spray them with? Um, I don't think it's really, I think it's. it could be, do you have it planted into its big pot now outside, or is it still in the little pot? Yesterday we planted it into the big one. Okay, I think it was probably just because it was suffering maybe a bit, and a little bit of inconsistent watering in the smaller pot. So I think you'll see a big improvement now that you've got it into the, transplanted into the proper pot. Oh, good. Yeah, you, you'll start seeing, because now it'll have consistent watering, and the proper nutrition and enough soil to sustain it, yeah. because tomatoes are fairly have heavy feeders, and I see that when plants sometimes the tomatoes are in the little pot a little bit too long, and they'll they'll start shutting down their foliage. Yeah, yeah, it was hard to get out with the weather. Yep. So there you go. Yep, blue spruce, a little young blue spruce. Yep. And um, a lot of the needles, uh, probably. An inch in from the new growth are purple. They've all turned. Yeah, their- and again, that's it's this. We it was such a hard year on our evergreens. It's a, it's this winter desiccation, and a lot of them got freeze dried when we had that really really cold weather. Okay, like when it was that minus thirty five for that two or three yeah. months. It felt like, but it was only a few weeks. But it felt like it was for months. But it, that's what it, they just got freeze dried. It'll grow out of that, especially it being a smaller one. Feed it with thirty ten ten and a good watering. And uh, that'll flush out. Thirty ten ten, and yeah, we've had the soaker hose on it. So perfect, perfect. Too. And um, it's got new growth. There's new buds on it. Yep, no, it'll grow out of it, and especially being a younger one. In within no time, you won't notice it. Thank you very much. Thanks, Shirley. Bye bye. Bye. All right, we need to take a break for the news. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on seven seventy CHQR. 
It's mostly sunny and 23 degrees in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's 10 o'clock. I'm Courtney Davidson. More evacuations could still come in northern Alberta. The province announced late last night 12,000 residents in Mackenzie County have been put on evacuation alert. The fires have forced more than 10,000 people from their homes to date. Cardston RCMP is asking for the public's help to find a missing 14-year-old boy. Zachary Bevins was last seen around 7 p.m. on Saturday while leaving his home for a quad ride. When he didn't come home, his family contacted police. He was last seen wearing blue jeans and a gray sweater and was driving a red quad. Anyone with information is asked to contact RCMP. An Amber Alert issued in northern Alberta ended with the three children named in the incident found safe and their mother under arrest. Police say their preliminary investigation indicates the children aged nine months to four years were abducted from a residence in Fox Creek yesterday and taken away in a vehicle. After the alert was issued, a tip from the public helped investigators track down the alleged abductor and the children more than 300 kilometers away. Charges against the woman are pending. The much-awaited final report of a national inquiry into missing and murdered Indigenous women and girls will be released tomorrow, but there is already a leak. The Canadian press has learned the report says Canadian society has shown an appalling apathy towards addressing the issue. The inquiry's commissioners reached the explosive conclusion that the apathy, quote, amounts to genocide. Their report urges all actors in the justice system to build working relationships with Indigenous people. Hundreds of Calgarians lined up with resumes in hand yesterday, hoping to be one of the thousand people hired by Cowboys for their summer's stampede. The casino and dance hall runs one of the major music tents set up just outside the stampede grounds. President of Cowboys Paul Vickers says the turnout shows how sought after the jobs are, but it also highlights how much Calgarians need work. It's a bigger indicator of our tough economy, which has been really disappointing. If you uh, lived in Calgary the last uh, five years, it's been tough. And an international cruise ship line with its headquarters in Geneva says its ship, the MSC Opera, slammed into a dock at a passenger terminal in Venice. Horns blaring from a massive cruise ship in Venice, Italy, as it barreled into a dock out of control. Video showing the towering vessel slamming into a moored riverboat, a popular spot where tourists unload to visit the city's sites near St. Mark's Square. MSC, which owns the ship, issued a statement saying the cruise ship, quote, grazed the cruise terminal dock and experienced a technical issue. The impact, though, enough to cause several injuries. An investigation is still underway. Michelle Franz in ABC News. Taking a quick look at sports, the Raps prepare for Game 2 against the Golden State Warriors. It goes tonight in Toronto at 6 o'clock Mountain Time. The Jays wrap up a series against the Rockies in Colorado this afternoon. And the Okotoks Dogs won their home opener last night. They edged the Fort McMurray Giants 13-12. to They play again today at 2.05. In the forecast, chance of a thunderstorm today, but we climb to plus 27, decreasing overnight to a low of 15. And Monday, mainly sunny with a high of 26. It's 23 degrees at 10.04. Breaking news when it happens. Our next scheduled update is at 10.30. I'm Courtney Davidson.
Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. And we're going to hit the phone lines. I know a few people have been waiting a little bit of time right now. We're going to go to Ken. And uh, he's been waiting very patiently. Good morning, Ken. Good morning. Um, I have a question for you about my sand cherry. Yes. Uh, I probably planted them wrong. I planted them kind of close together, maybe two feet apart from each other. I was hoping to get a hedge out of it. And they're in a raised box uh, about... uh, 18 inches off the ground, yeah. and I noticed they're quite root-bound. Um, anyways, <clears throat> the first couple of years, they sent out uh, very good growth, but yep. now uh, they, the, the, uh, some of the branches look like they're dead. And so I'm just sort of wondering, first of all, should I be trimming those branches? Is it a good time to trim them now, or should yeah. they wait until fall? Yeah, I would remove any dead damage or disease branching um, from most things at at the time when you see it. So right now would be a great time. And sand cherries, they don't have the longest lifespan. So every couple of year, every four or five years, they need to be taken almost right down to the ground. They get, they tend to get a lot of winter kill unless they're put to bed in the fall perfectly. Like you have to water them in really well, freeze them in and that way, and with lots of moisture in the fall. And okay. otherwise they desiccate quite easily over the winter time. Um, and if you're trying to do a hedge, I, I, I just would recommend a few different things now. Like any of the nine barks work phenomenal as hedging. They love being trimmed, and they just they fill in fast, and they they make a great hedge. Um, okay. So the sanctuary is a little bit harder to harder to deal with. What about removing every second bush? Can I transplant them? Will they transplant easily? Or? They will, but right now is probably you're past the time where it's already leafed out. So you need to yeah. do that early spring. And so right now, if you cut them right down to the ground, sort of that four to six inches, even a little bit lower, and let all the new growth come up, and then next spring transplant them, that would be perfect. Okay, I'll, I'll try that then. And uh, also, I guess it's not a good time of year to transplant irises either, is it? No, you want to do those in August, and that's in the best. August. In August, and then I imagine what's happening, you're, you're getting the circles, and you've got a bald spot in the middle? <laughs> um, yeah, they're sort of coming up that way. Um, I'm actually, I, I, I'd like to transplant some of where the irises are doing very well and split them and, you know, introduce them to new beds, but... Uh, haven't got those beds built yet, and so I'm kind so, of in the. So that might work out perfect if you haven't built by the time you get to August. <laughs> yeah. And what you maybe what you need to do is replenish the soil where the sand cherry is as well. And you know what, Ken, I'm gonna help you out. I'm gonna help you out. Are you live in Calgary? Uh, no, I don't. Oh, sorry. <laughs> where do you live? Medicine hat. Ah, too far for me. <laughs> Otherwise, I would have... Yeah, so get yourself some good soil, too, and replenish that, especially in a raised bed. They they use up the moisture quite a bit, and also they use up the nourishment, so you might want to look at doing that. Add mul- yeah. Even using bark mulch on top, it helps keep the um, the, the moisture in the soil as well. All righty. Okay. Um- well, you, you were going to give me a bag of soil, weren't you? I was going to, but I can't now. They don't deliver all the way down there. so. Uh, I actually would go pick it up. So. Oh, would you? Um, all right. Yeah. If you'll pick it up. Uh, absolutely. No, we can get you a big bag, of, uh, and I can arrange with Brian Bulger down at, uh, all right, well, then we're going to go back to this. <laughs> Again, <laughs> congratulations. You have won a big yellow bag. 
not de- you. not delivered directly to your home, one that you have to pick up. <laughs> from I have Eagle no Lake, problem doing that. No from problem Eagle Lake at all. Professional Landscaping. And so we can arrange that, and then you can either pick that up at Eagle Lake or down at Spruce Stop. We can arrange either one of those for you. And, I really uh, appreciate that. Yeah, so I'm going to put you on hold, Ken, and uh, you waited a long time online, and uh, you definitely need some soil, so I'm going to put you on hold, and uh, Brian will take your info, and we'll get you all hooked up. Okay, thanks very much. All right, thank you. Take care, Ken. Bye-bye. All right, there we go. That works out well, and uh, and again, congratulations to Ken. He was the winner of the big yellow bag delivered directly to your home from Eagle Lake Professional Landscaping. So if anybody's looking for that great soil to add to their beds, give them a shout. Right now, let's go down to Kim. Good morning, Kim. Good morning. How are you doing? Good, good. How are you? It's going to be a gorgeous day. Actually, too hot of a day to be out Get, get out, get out nice and early. Exactly. I was out at six this morning, so I'm having a coffee break now. <laughs> so I have some questions. I know that you um, recommended that I take my 12-foot lilac, which wraps around our deck um, two ways, take it down to six inches, 12 inches above. Well, I did. I wasn't that aggressive. I only took it down probably a foot and a half so I can actually see yep. the people coming into the yard. Um, so I have a question. I know that it's not a good time for for pruning until after it's leafed out, which is about August and and but there's some high spots that I maybe just even them up. Yeah. I can even them uh, up. Absolutely. It's not gonna give me a nope. die off or anything nope. like well, that. Right now okay. you can definitely even them up. No problem. Thank you, thank you. So I just have one more question. Of course. Um I know on raised garden boxes, I mean, they work wonderfully for those of us who are getting a little bit on the older side and aren't into our gardening yoga as much as we should be. (laughs) Um, But I have a question. A low-maintenance wood to be using on a garden box where you're going to have edibles from the box. I know you don't use pressure-treated wood. No, and you have to second mortgage your house if you want to use cedar. But what other choices do you have? I think the new brown pressure treated is safe. I, I, and I just ask uh, wherever you're picking up, because I'm sure there's going to be different brands nowadays. Yeah. So just ask the question wherever you're buying it, because there's always something that's really good gets knocked off by somebody else, and they don't always use the good quality that the first person with the good product used. And sometimes somebody else comes in, and I'm not saying that that has happened, but yeah. it, it tends to happen quite rapidly. If something good comes yeah. on, um, there's 100 knockoffs. Somebody has to knock on an office, right? Make some money. Yeah, and it's usually not the same quality, so that's uh, sometimes the problem. So, But I'm almost positive that the brown pressure-treated is safe for for raised beds and in your gardening. And it looks like cedar, and it is less expensive. But I will say cedar and all that has come down a fair bit in price this year. They, okay. they seen what this brown pressure treated was doing to their market, and they have lowered the price on the cedar. Yeah, it's competition. Yeah, no, <laughs> no, and that's what drives prices, right? And sometimes... Yeah. Um, the governments and them need to stay out of our business and let business run themselves and uh, exactly. and things work. So it's all about the money. Hey, yep. and so um, the new one then would be 
not only low maintenance, but no maintenance, would you say? I would say real low, no maintenance. And if you don't mind it looking faded and stuff, really, there's nothing well, like the pressure treated and the cedar. Rustic look is in. And it's yeah. going to last like says, 20 to 50 years. Everything that I've read about it says that it is less likely to wash off and that it is less prone to off-gassing. So I think it's pretty safe. Awesome. So safer edible. Yeah, but again, ask wherever you're buying it just to reconfirm and just make sure they know what you're doing with it and ask the question. Okay, thank right. you very much. All right. You have a great, great day. You okay. as well, Kim. Bye-bye. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Yeah, it's always ask the questions. Don't Absolutely. be afraid to ask. Yeah. And this is, uh, we're going to go to Joanne. Good morning, Joanne. Good morning. How can we help you? I love your show. Keep up the good work. Thank you so much. <laughs> okay, I have a... Hang, uh, hanging fuchsia. Yep. And it's got like white mildew or powder on yeah. the stems and the leaves. Powdery mildew. Yes. Yeah. So um, pure spray green works really good. And there's also a couple fungicides that you can use um, for that as well. And this, you want to stop watering maybe so much on the leaves? I don't water the leaves. I water in the bottom of the pot. Okay. Um, less water as well? Okay. They might need to dry out a little bit more because okay. that's typically what it is. It's if it's getting a bit of water on the leaves that tends to cause the powdery mildew. And uh, I just had the best experience yesterday with fuchsias. Uh, I was in our perennial house and I was watering the hanging baskets, and uh, all of a sudden, this hummingbirds were all over. They love fuchsias, so mm-hmm. they especially the red ones. They just yeah. You know, we've never had so many fuchsia or so many hummingbirds as this year. We had gorgeous red. And we still have lots of the oh. gorgeous red um, fuchsias. Mm-hmm. And the hummingbirds just love them. And honestly, I bet you we've had 20 or so hummingbirds this year already. So it's been it's been awesome. Yeah. And so. I'm not in Calgary, so I can't get your pure spray, spray green. Um, so just go to your local garden center and just tell me a powdery mildew. And, and they should be able to recommend. There's one that's called Bordeaux, a copper spray cath. That yeah. one works as well. The Bordeaux works pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. And that would be the one that I would probably go with. Okay. And and then just really watch the water. Let it dry out a little bit more often. Right. And and with you just watering in the soil, have you are have you access to go to a store that sells plant charcoal or horticultural grade charcoal? Well, there's plenty of garden centers. Well, they I'm in should... Regina. Oh, okay. well, then yeah, that's well, definitely. Yeah, go see Dutch growers. Gross. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Go see Karen and tell her Merle sent you, and she'll look after you. She's great. So. Okay. Alrighty. Thank you so much. Awesome. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And I have to, I know, and actually Karen called me and uh, they want to get my Green It Up fertilizer out to them. So I'm trying to get it out. I know there's a listener here, Darren, I believe his name is, and he lives in Regina. So I'm trying to work out the freight. It's this, and again, um, with the price of fuel and all that oh, stuff, I'm just trying yeah. to, to make the, if the economics work for uh, Karen to get a pallet of that out there. And where are we at for time? We have time for one more. It's good. We're able to knock off a few callers in a good way. We're talking to them, not knocking them off. Kath, come on. I'm I'm not. No, please don't. <laughs> knock, okay. Good just... morning. Good morning, Laurel. Uh, Hi there. Um, I have uh, actually three questions. Okay. Um, I have a, um, a garden spot, and, and we thought we were bringing in some black dirt, but some loam came in um, accidentally with it, too. So I have all these big lumps of loam now in my garden. Is there any product that you would recommend that would break that down? Um, it, 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 the, the soil is really clay. 
Yes, it is. Yeah. So what? I, and this, and this is in your flower beds or my garden, my vegetable garden, vegetable garden, and it's just like a bunch of big lumps that won't break down. How big of a garden do you have? Oh, I don't know. Um, quite big. Um. Okay. You might want to get a load of of garden mix. Um, and uh, I don't have another bag to offer you, but you can also buy the big yellow bags. We sell it in bulk too. Sounds like you might need a fair bit though. Okay. So we do sell it in bulk as well, we, and we deliver. Um, so that's something I would look at doing is getting. It's a it's a good garden mix. It has a mix of loam, soil, compost, and that all mixed in. And, and what's it called? It's just we call it our garden mix. Garden mix. Yeah. Okay. And uh, it, it works really quite well. Um, so it, it sounds like your, your soil, you just need to add to it. You need to amend your soil. Okay. Uh, and it sounds like you're, it's a bit of a bulk because if you're fairly big, trying to do it by bags is sometimes a, a cost effective. It's fairly expensive as well. So, okay. And I get that at where? Um, you can get that at the, at the Eagle Lake Turf okay. um, Supplies or Spruce It Up. We sell a garden mix in bulk as well. Okay. And my other question is, um, I have a, our lawn is, um, it's pretty sparse. It's not really um, uh, very thick. Yep. And because of that, dandelions have moved in. Um, and okay. and as much as I hate dandelions, I hate uh, spray worse than that. So, yep. so uh, any suggestions there or yep. any, would it help to... Um, fertilize the lawn and get Abs- the lawn in coming in thicker. Or is there Absol- anything to do with absolutely, this? that's what I was going to recommend. I'd recommend using our Green It Up fertilizer. It has the high middle number, which is the phosphorus for the roots, okay. and it'll really build up the root system, and that'll help, and it'll choke out a lot of the weeds. You might have to use a bit of dandelion spray to get them under control, okay. but then once you get them under control, it's amazing how that grass fertilizer it'll choke it out because most blue grasses are quite invasive and they'll actually choke out a lot of the weeds a good healthy bluegrass is a is a great product is a great grass so and so is there some spray that you would recommend that's not so harmful to the bees and and animals that? what it is you can use kill x but i just spot spray like put a tube over top or just spray just the dandelion and then and even if you mow it first to take the blossoms off and then just spray the foliage Okay. And don't I, I don't like the big blaster where it's where they spray everything. I just go in and spot spray your dandelions and uh, and then and the stronger your soil becomes and the more stronger your grass becomes, the less likely you are to have a reoccurrence. And so, will the fertilizer make my soil stronger? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. It it's just bring the nutrients back into the soil. Dandelions are opportunists where the soil is dry. Okay. Okay. You know. And so I'm up by Stetler area. Is there some place up there that that uh, sells your? No, no. <laughs> just think. down at Spruce It Up. <laughs> okay. Yeah. If you're if you're coming down this way, come down for a visit. Okay. All right. And my last question is: I have two trees. One's I think it's a mic a micmac or a macmac. Yep. And the other's a, a little apple tree, and they're planted too close together. And they're competing. So I'd like to take one of them out of there, but when is a good time to do that? And you want to try and transplant them? I want to take one of them out of there, yeah, transplant it someplace else. Um, Again, early spring or late fall, like once they go totally dormant, you can do it then. I do prefer moving the apples early spring. I find you get a better success rate. Okay. And then after you do it, use a fertilizer like a 15, 30, 15, 10, 52, 10. It's a good transplant type fertilizer. Okay. All Thanks right. for all your help. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Yeah. Bye-bye. All right. And we need to take a break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR.
Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by Spruce It Up Garden Center, Calgary's largest garden center with trees, shrubs, annuals, perennials of all sizes. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. We got you covered. <laughs> and I, I and what I've done this year with the caliper trees, Kath, is yeah. uh, I brought in, and we're starting a little bit bigger, like because I've been started a 20-gallon program, 15, 20-gallon program with a couple of our growers because I find yeah. it's easier for a lot of homeowners to get a, a larger tree in a pot where it, it's well, a more of a cash and care. Well, that's easier for them to handle. Yeah, and, and it's less expensive. Like the caliper trees are great if everyone has it in their budget. Yeah. But you need a machine, but the, the labor, it's expensive a bit. Yeah, it but is the provisor. I want to make about pots still, if you're going to have it loaded on the back of your truck, try to lay it down out of the wind. Oh, I know. I oh see them drive away. I'm like, we, and we it, lay the them down. The wind chill factor and the heat factor. Oh, we get so many. Oh, no, it's okay. I'm just no. Like, please lay it down. Absolutely. And then the other thing, when you do get it home, try and find a couple of neighbors. Don't just shove it off the back of your truck because if you break that crown... When yeah. you drop it from the truck down to the ground, yeah, no, I you get can, some of the guys. Your investments. They pick up those caliper trees and they don't realize that they're seven, eight hundred pounds. Oh, I know. And so we do, but I'm going to commend. And I know I, we, I deal with Vaughn Peoples, and he's uh, he's growing some fabulous trees for us right now as yeah. well. And uh, but our caliper trees, like we had some lindens and courageous crabs, oh, ambassador like crabs. Um, and Ohio Buckeyes and things like that and some gorgeous, gorgeous silver silver willows. Ooh. They look like um, a Russian Russia. olive. Poof. Yeah. Unbelievable. It looks so good. So anyways, kudos to uh, my growing partners. I, I uh, can't uh, be there without you guys, obviously. So it's, uh, it's great to have good guys that uh, we grow with. And we're going to go with Brian and see what he's got going on. Good morning, Brian. Brian. Oh, it's Vegas. I got him digging for me, Merle. Oh, good job. Keep, keep He's a workhorse. Tr- <laughs> Get back at her, Brian. Keep digging. Oh, Brian, here he is. <laughs> Sorry, guys. No worries. Hey, Brian. Hey, I'm, I'm like, you know my job, man. I'm just a digger. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> gotta go. Gotta go. <laughs> hey, uh, quick question for yes, you. Yes, sir. So we got those hydrangeas last year. Yep. yep. Uh, the lime lights, right? Yep. I put them in the lower level of our raised garden there. Yeah. And two of them are alive. The other ones, I cut them right down to the root. The other, to the root. Yeah. Are they going to come back on me? They should. Um, in the, were they Annabelle's or were they they were the quick fire? Uh, oh yeah, right. Oh no, limelight. So yeah, they're yeah, not yeah, the quick fire. The the most of those come back on old wood. The one that died right back, it might not come back. You'll when it warms up here a bit, you should start seeing some um, heat or some green growth coming out of the bottom. If not, you maybe lost that one, Brian. No, the quick fires are okay. Right? Yeah, those are my they're, favorite. Like yeah, no, they're good. But we put those in because they like shade, right? No, the Annabelle's are the shade ones, but the quick fire can take a bit of shade. No, not the quick fires. I think we're talking a different language here. Yeah, <laughs> Annabelle's are in the shade. Hold on. I'm going to pass you to the boss here, man. Yeah, let's do that. If, no. if you got a second, sorry about that. Like, no worries. Yeah, hold on. All right. Sorry, we're planting outside. They're the limelights, and they do get sun, guys. Yeah. They get um, kind of like more afternoon. Yeah. And then, uh, like, not in the morning because of the wall, right? Yeah. And we have two, three, I think, that survive, or that we think, well, we can see the leaves. Do we just dig the other ones out? Yeah, I think the ones, if there's nothing coming out of the bottom, if they're full sun, unfortunately, maybe we lost those ones. Okay, dear. All righty. We'll see you soon.
Rock on. Bye-bye. <laughs> All right. Always good to hear from our friends, uh, Brian and Reba. Las Vegas. <laughs> always very fortunate. We need to take a break right now. You're listening to Let's Talk Guardian on 770 <laughs> CHQR. It's partly cloudy and 22 degrees in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's 1030. I'm Courtney Davidson. The B.C. Wildfire Service says more than 130 personnel are being sent to Alberta this week to help fight increasingly out-of-control wildfires. The service says 137 people, including 116 firefighters, will be deployed for up to 19 days. Officials in Virginia Beach have been talking about the 12 victims of Friday's shooting more than the shooter in hopes that less exposure of the gunman will help avoid giving him any publicity. The shooter was shot dead by police. Professor James Allen Fox of Northeastern University says too much about a killer's background can humanize them. Raptors fever is burning hot today as fans anticipate Game 2 of the NBA Finals with the team holding a 1-0 series lead over the Golden State Warriors. But many of the faithful in Toronto will have to stand around outside in the space called Jurassic Park because there is no way to afford tickets. The fan zone outside Scotiabank Arena is overflowing with some people saying they got there as early as 1 a.m. today. It was chilly and rainy overnight but Things are expected to be drier for game time tonight. In the forecast, chance of a thunderstorm today, but we climb to a high of 27 degrees, decreasing overnight to a low 15 and mainly sunny tomorrow and 26. It's 22 degrees, breaking news when it happens. Our next scheduled news is at 11. I'm Courtney Davidson. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. And uh, and thanks to Brian for the great songs today. Always good to have a little bit of a theme going. And he's got the garden theme going. And we got a great text from, and I'm not too sure of the name. There's no name. But it says, hi, it's raining pink blossoms. This is a beautiful tree for one week of the year. That's unfortunate with Calgary too. A lot of our yeah, blooming trees, you get a week or two. and then they go, and then the wind comes. Yes. Um, the red tree has no fruit. Can you tell me what it is? And this this is a gorgeous looking tree. Like it's perfectly vase shaped. Yeah. Eh? It looks like I'm pretty sure it's a royalty crab. Um, and they are still available. Um, not as much. Um, but one of the great alternatives to that one is the now it's the gladiator. And nice thing about it, it doesn't get the fire blight in that. So it's the blight resistant gladiator crab has that same color, dark, dark pink blossoms they're so pretty yeah gorgeous Those ones at the zoo are just yeah fabulous yeah um we did a big project at the zoo just that uh, we built the new panda patio outside the panda oh, exhibit did you? Ah. and uh but i was walking around with corinne and uh they lost one of their big pears eh like did the big they? pear trees oh, right just outside the arbory outside the the conservatory, unfortunately, just I, just a freeze dry. Like it, yeah. A lot of those harder woods, like pears, and a lot of our fruit they cherries, just cook sometimes when it's dry. They yeah. just 
desiccated. It, it's it's unfortunate. That was a well established tree as well. It was it was one of the golden oldies? It, yeah, it was a nice bad. one. Yes, but uh, we were fortunate enough to do uh, a project. We built a great big patio for them, and uh, they're going to put benches out there so when people go to visit the panda they exhibit, they can sit and wait for them to wake up. <laughs> yeah, they do sleep in a bit. I know the I was down a couple of times with the crew, and uh, and I couldn't help it. Every time I was there, I had to walk in and uh, see the panda. So I was lucky enough to they're go see that. They're pretty fascinating there. Yeah, they're, they're, they're kind of cute little critters, aren't they? I like them when they're playing because they... Yeah, they're pretty And I've been a couple of zoos where they... I can't even remember. I think it was Washington and they have the pandas there. and They were playing and they were beating the heck out of each other. <laughs> Nasty. <laughs> yeah. All right, we're going to go to the phone lines and we're going to beat this uh, line up on the phone line. Good morning, Jenny. Good morning. How can we help you? I have a grape uh, bush that's probably about 10 years old. And this spring and summer now, there's not a bit of leaf on it at all. So I'm wondering, have I I lost it? Kath, do you want to... It probably did suffer a little bit with that fast, fast freeze that we ended up having in February and it went really cold all of a sudden so they do dry out quite rapidly but you know what they come back quite willingly from the bottom so should I water it I would definitely and I would put some new fresh soil around it although they don't they they tend to like well-drained soil okay but it should come back Fertilizer. What about a fertilizer like- um, the rage plus because they don't yeah. want a lot of mineralizing they want organic they want something with more natural manure. Yes. Yeah, Rage Plus will be great for that. It should help That's it right. out, hopefully. No manure. Oh, no manure. No oh. manure, because that'll change the tastes of the grape, and the grape doesn't want us uh, that extra bit of manure. Oh. And I also had a, a brainwave the other day. I, had saw, I saw a beautiful red rhubarb plant. Mm-hmm. So I thought, oh, I'll take my old one out that's kind of greenish, and it's it's 30 years old, and I could not believe the roots on it. <laughs> yeah, yes. they have big old roots and those big old bulbs in those. And they're tough. <laughs> I, I was digging it out, and, and I had to get a man to help me. And I said, I don't understand. I didn't water it. He says, they were probably, the roots are probably going to your neighbors and getting water there. But yeah. that's, a rhubarb is one that can just almost be neglected, right? You see them in places, and they're just flourishing, and the rest of the yard looks horrible, but the rhubarb looks phenomenal. So <laughs> it's, it's, it, 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 you can kill those with kindness, I think. Is it okay that I put the new one in the same spot? As long as you replenish the soil, it, it'll be fine. Like I would, I would add, I would amend the soil. Like add a couple new bags of, uh, of just either in three in one soil or the three in one mix. Something like that would be great. Again, not too much compost um, on on a lot of the bulb structure like that. So just just amend the soil a bit, and that'd be great. Okay. Okay. Oh. Thanks a lot. All right. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Bye bye. All right, and I got a couple of texts. I got a text from Neil, sent us a picture of his hedge, and it looks like it's getting this, and it's hard to tell from the picture, but it looks like it's getting that, unfortunately, the scale. scale. yeah. And when it starts getting in, and yours is coming in from the bottom and not the top so much, and in the center. So unfortunately, and this looks like a fairly old hedge, um, you can try and cut it out. And, and the spray for the pure spray green for the scale, and that's what all the pros are using too. They use yes. the, the yeah. pure spray green, and that's being done these next two weeks to sort of 
it's amazing. All the arborists, I know Mark from our Prune It Up crew, um, they have a little hotline that they call each other then that's from the city and all the arborists, they, they, when they see the hatch of those certain bugs, it spreads all over well, there. And, and in June, the wing, they're in their wing stage, yeah. so they're flying around laying eggs and creating even more. And unfortunately, if we don't get on top of it, it's just going to keep happening. Yep. So. And if it gets too bad like this, Neil, it looks like yours are in there fairly... Um, some of them are bad, some aren't as bad, but I'd almost look at just cutting that hedge right down to the ground because you can see there's a couple areas where you've pruned it in the past and it's grown, so it looks like it's failed. And I know it's hard to do, but cut it right down to the ground and just let it come up fresh from the bottom. Put a soaker hose in there, fertilize it really well, and just let it come up fresh, and then uh, you'll have it beat for a while. But then really watch that scale and it's typically that first week in June, you kind of want to spray it a couple times just to keep that elm scale, or not that elm scale, the, the scale on these things at bay. Yeah. All righty. And hopefully that helps out. And let's go to Pauline. Good morning, Pauline. Good morning. How are you? Good, good. How can we help you? Good. Um, I grew a globe amaranth plant in my front raised beds, or my terrace beds, last year. And I took all the blossoms off and brought them in to try and seed them for this year. And it didn't work. But when I was doing some work in the front bed yesterday, I thought I saw a plant that could be the globe amaranth. So I'm wondering if the roots can move. It's not in the same spot it was last year. Yes, they do. They're sort of like delphiniums. My delphinium moved out of the backyard to the front yard for about three years, and now it's moved to the backyard. And it's they do seed themselves and move around. Okay. And probably when you brought them in, you what you were trying for was to get them to grow roots and keep going. But what you're going to find is that the seed needed, the, the plant needs the cold to develop. Right. So it's probably, so I should probably leave it alone. Leave it alone and let it do its thing. Okay. And my second question is, I put garlic in a tub in the backyard right up against the fence in December and covered with a lot of mulch, and I don't see anything yet. Have you pulled the mulch away at all? Yeah, yeah, I pulled the mulch away about a week ago, so when I was working in the backyard this weekend, I was hoping to see something. What, like, how long did it take for the garlic to start showing? Well, it should be showing. It should be showing. Did okay. you plant it, I hate to ask this, was it planted flat side down? No. It was a pointed side you went down? Um, pointed. Pointed in, down, flat pointed. side up? Yeah, yeah. Flat side is the root side. They might be rooting. They might be upside down. They need to turn around. Yeah, I'd have to. I'd have to think about that. Yeah, go and where, just, well, it was, I put it down wherever this, the root comes out of the. the I saw it so out of the flat part of the bottom. Just maybe poke your finger around because okay. some of them, because it's been so dry, are taking a little time to get going well uh, yeah like with the mulch on there it was staying pretty pretty moist yes yeah yeah okay. mine and it took a while to warm up enough for them to sprout right right how how tall are yours mine are probably barely an inch and usually by oh, now okay. they're up three or four inches so okay. i'm okay. a little slow okay well yeah maybe maybe i'll check on that then thank all you right. Okay. all right thank bye. you bye-bye okay, bye-bye all right we need to take a break you're listening to let's talk gardening on 770 chqr Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening, and I'm Earl Coombs, and thanks again to Kath May for joining me today, and it is June 2nd already, holy cow. Goodness me. 
We're going to go to Damien. Good morning, Damien. Good morning, guys. Thanks for taking my call. Of course. How can we help you? I've got uh, 13 columnar Swedish aspen planted around the uh, perimeter of my backyard. Okay. And they all leafed up uh, nice this year, except for about five of them. Uh, don't have any leaves on about the top three quarters of the tree. Yeah. Uh, and I'm just wondering if there if there's maybe something going around, if it's just late or the, are the weather. These, or... Are these all in one end, like typically the last three in the row or something? No, they're, okay. they're not. Sporadically? Uh, the, it's kind of a little bit random. It's the third one uh, around the yard, and then the fifth and sixth one, and then the eighth and the ninth one. Okay. Um, what I would recommend is just um, this. Sometimes the aspens in my tree lot right now. I have some that we've that we had on in the tree farm over the winter, and some have leafed totally out. Some are just starting. Some are a little slower. So what I would do is just. Give them all a really good root soaking. Like put the hose on each one individually and let okay. it soak in there. Just let it dribble out of the hose and let it soak in really nice and deep. And then okay. also Rage Plus will help push okay. life back into a lot of those. And if it doesn't, just go up and trim off that little bit that didn't come up. But it it, it should push. You'll probably does it look like it's there's the buds are swelled at all or. Yeah, that's what I was looking at. And there's definitely, looks like there's buds on there. They just don't look like they're swelling or ready to open quite yet at all. So So, I was wondering if they're they're stopping or if they're just taking their sweet time. Yep, some of them just take their sweet time and they come up a little bit later. And okay. and I see that in my lot. Some are leafed out way out and some not quite as much. So I would uh, give okay. them that really good drink and then also hit them with that Rage Plus. Okay, and for pruning, pruning something like that, would you do that aggressively or those those trees don't need much for pruning? No, they don't really need any pruning. Less pruning, the better on those okay. um, because you open up too many wounds and then they get open for disease and that. So yeah, I, I, I don't want that black, whatever. No, it's not on that. The, yeah, they get that, and that is damaged from a lot of times lower down when people with their weed whacker, their weed trimmer, the string, they hack the, hack the trunk all the hell, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. That opens it up for a lot of that bronze leaf disease and things like that. So okay. um, just trim up the top if you do need to. I don't like to go any thicker than my thumb, like on a lot of it. If I just see it that, then I just trim them. Because sometimes when they're young, they get sticks going straight up in the air. So sometimes I'll take four or six inches off the top just to make them branch out a little bit more down below. Okay, okay, great. Thank you guys so much for your time. Right. appreciate it. Thanks, Damien. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. And actually, I'm going to take a break, Brian, and uh, we'll do a little early, then we have a little bit more time here at the end. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770-CHQR. Perfect. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. Um, I think it's the opposite in a couple of places, but uh, it's nice to see things go back the opposite way when they get filled with flowers. Absolutely, That's right. we got a great picture um, from a from a guy. Hey guys, heard you talk about garlic. I took some I pictures know. of mine yesterday. Planting garlic in December is not ideal as it doesn't have a chance to root in before freezing. That's right. And he goes, I grow heritage Czechoslovakian garlic, organic, and it's absolutely amazing in flavor. And yes, I do sell a few. But he, this guy has it set up. He has bark mulch, um, walkways, little bit raised beds. He looks like he has two by fours or two by sixes on edge. And look at those stems Stake. on it. Oh, 
That's amazing. Like there's, like those are perfect garlic, aren't they? They're like gorgeous. Rose. Yeah. And he, I, what does he have? Like five hundred there. Looks like it. <laughs> <laughs> Looks awesome. like it. Awesome. And he's out in um, Chestermere. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Very, very nice. Very nice uh, spread of garlic you got going. Yeah. And let's go to Marilyn. Good morning, Marilyn. Hi. Hi. How can you help me? Or how, how can I help you? <laughs> Unfortunately, I couldn't help you with anything. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you there's a couple things. Anyway, um, I have a few questions, but uh, all of them I hope think fairly short. Um, number one, we have a mugo pine, mm-hmm. and we have a bird. I, get, I don't know if it's a woodpecker or a sapsucker, and he really likes a branch of this tree. And it almost looks like a waffle pattern on yeah, it. Yeah, no, that's a yellow-bellied sapsucker. Yeah. That's a yellow-bellied sapsucker. Yeah. yeah, I didn't realize that was a real... What what, what cartoon was that? The yellow-bellied <laughs> sapsucker. Sap yeah. I don't know what was that. But it's little, for real. Yeah. <laughs> I think that was Yosemite Sam or something. Somebody like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so um, in that it can harm the tree after a bit. It can? Yes. Yeah. Is so, there anything I can sort of spray? I don't want to do anything to hurt the bird. No, no. And I think um, we do have a product called Lac Balsam. It's a bark replacement that can help fill some of those. But really, I guess a bit of a deterrent. You can hang some, uh, um, like even an owl around there or something like that that helps deter it from coming around. Get one of those owls where the head moves. Oh, okay. And you said it was called Black Balsam? Lac Balsam, like L-A-C. Oh, L-A-C. Yeah. We bring Black it in out of Europe. Balsam. Yeah. Okay. Uh, or an owl. Yes. <laughs> All right. Keep, okay. keep the owl. Yeah. Now, the, the other one, a couple other ones. Um, we, uh, we live out in Sundry, and we have millions of uh, saplings from our poplars. And somebody yep. said you can use something called curtail on them. Um, I don't want to kill it to go back and kill the main tree, but I don't want to use something unless I talk to you. Yeah, I'm. I'm pretty sure I don't. I'm not 100 percent up on my all my agricultural names because I know the the names that you guys get from the UFAs that yeah, is a, that sometimes a little bit different. Like Transline is a great one. It's another a bit of a a no name brand like pharmaceutical where it's less expensive and it's a great one for thistles and things like that as well. I'm almost sure that that one is good for that. The curtail, I would just ask at the UFA to say you're looking for a broadleaf herbicide that won't kill the grass and things like that. And then you should be good. Because I really want to spray these saplings. Yep. So but I don't want to kill I'm pretty sure, the main trees. So. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that one will be okay. Or you might just want to knock them down, like go over with a... You have no <coughs> idea how many we have. Yeah. <laughs> Hook up the big moor and go for a ride. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's, it, it's a hard one because, again, it, they are attached and they are suckering off of the main tree. So if oh. it gets too much, you could harm the tree out uh, absolutely, because that's the natural way, the growth pattern of some of the poplars and, and aspens, right? When you see them, they're a clone-type plant. They send out suckers, and they send them up. And then as the young ones grow, the old ones die off, and then the young ones take over the forest. So it's it's a re- reoccurring forest. Yeah, and I certainly don't want to use Roundup because no. that would kill everything. Yeah. Yeah, and the other thing is, is about Roundup. Um, we have like an old... Um, cattle water tank, yep. and it's been it's had dirt in it for a long time but we haven't done it, and it is just a mass of um, quack grass and Lord only knows what 
if we sprayed that with Roundup to get rid of it, how long would it be before we could plant something? Almost the next day. Like, but you'd have to wait for it all to die. So you're going to wait two weeks, three weeks for everything to die. To die off and pull yeah. it out, and the, then you can plant right something. Right away. Yeah, you can almost plant the next day, they say. so. Okay, and the other one I have is also about Roundup. I've got some uh, ras- they, raspberries are wild out here. Like, they yeah. grow everywhere and spread everywhere. So I've got an area where I really want to get rid of them. And I have cut them down a couple times, but they yeah. come back. If I sprayed them, because they're just blooming out now, sprayed them with Roundup, yeah. um, that would get rid of them. Yeah, that would kill those ones, and they're not really the same. They're not hooked as tightly to the root system like that, so I think it should be okay. I, another one is just a good shovel and digging them out, but I understand it. Because so, you're going to have to remove them anyways once they die, so you're almost as best just to get in there with a good sharp shovel and just cut them out. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, I'm I hear you. I'm not too, uh, <laughs> I'm not too mobile. Yeah, so it's just because you're going to have to remove them once they're dead anyways, yeah. so it's kind of... An hour later sort of thing, so maybe you can get someone to give you a hand. Okie dokie. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. I got, I'm going to take a text here from Muriel, and she says, Muriel, want to catch you before the show is over. What happened to 10-52-10 is the new 06, Um, and that's that's an organic 1066, but what what it is, and I actually brought back all the old fertilizers, I because I know some of the bigger companies, they've changed the, the, the formulas, and there used to be, so I do the green it up, we do have green it up 10, 52, 10, and a water soluble, 15, 30, 15, 20, 20, 20, and then for your evergreens, the 30, 10, 10. So I did bring back all those formulas in our own brand because those are tried, proven brands and, and formulas that work very well. Um, so I I did feel uh, the numbers that they threw at them, at the new ones, I w- this didn't make a lot of sense to me, so I did go back to the old ones that are proven. Hey, Kat, like they, yeah. a lot of these good ones work. So, And unfortunately, it's that time again. Marilyn and Kathy will take you off air, and we'll try to get the last couple of texts as well. And uh, you're listened to until next week. Good gardening, and we'll hopefully see you guys next week. Thanks.